Not going to lie here, I really like Marcus Pedersen a lot. So take everything that you're going to hear for the rest of this show with a gigantic grain of Ikea meatballs there. How about that? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Had to get the Ikea joke in there. Pedersen is as Swedish as... Well, as all Swedes are, they're really, really, really into being Swedish. So he can take the Ikea jokes, believe me, because he, like Ricard Raquel and Patrick Hornquist and all the rest, will actually go to Ikea and eat at that cafeteria with those meatballs and the jelly and everything else. Anyway, Pedersen, good dude, also a better player than he gets credit for being in this town, I dare say. Occasionally, he's going to run into some tough patches. The head coach has acknowledged that. The head coach made him a healthy scratch on a couple of occasions last season. That was a first in his time in Pittsburgh. I didn't like it because I know what he gives to the team. And I didn't think he was playing that badly. And I really, really wasn't all that into whoever his replacement was going to be in either situation. But it happened. And to Pedersen's credit, he not only bounced back, but he paired with John Marino, his really good buddy, to make for one of the better pairings that the Penguins had in the playoff series against the Rangers. Marcus is aware of all of that, believe me. If I get an opportunity to jump in the rush, I can go, and I know he's got my back, and I got his back when he goes. Um, so, yeah, for sure, it's something that when I came here first, I felt like uh, I was in a really good place with my offensive game, too, and then I, I felt like uh, the last two years I took a step back on that. So here early on, and I mean very early on, in training camp, he's been paired with Jeff Petrie, and they've looked very, very good together. They've both spoken about enjoying playing with each other, about the communication. Uh, Pedersen's really a student of the game, and Petrie's been a veteran, but he's coming into a new system, and Petrie has praised Pedersen for his uh, not only ability, but his willingness to help in assimilating Petrie into the mix. It's worked out really, really well so far. This is my way of saying Ikea meatballs, liking the dude, Petrie's partner, and everything else, that I really hope he's not the guy traded. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how one dollar can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. See, here's the thing. There's still a move to be made here. There's still a defenseman who needs to go. And it's possible that what you're seeing with Ron Hextall and Brian Burke is they're just kind of waiting to watch how certain things unfold on that back end. For example... 
can P.O. Joseph really play with Chris Letang? If so, you've got yourself a nice mix of old and new that maybe will even, you know, get a little bit of extra juice there to 58. That'd be an interesting development. Maybe you want to see how someone like Ty Smith fits in. He's a very mobile uh, offensive defenseman that the Penguins acquired from the Devils in the Marino trade. If he looks like someone who can jump into the attack and make things happen, heck, maybe there's a surprise in store. I don't think he's going to make the team, but at least not right away. But, you know, you can you can see some stuff. You can learn some stuff. And then you got to consider the negatives, too. What if Brian Dumoulin still doesn't look healthy? What if he still looks like he's going to get beat in the neutral zone on rushes, which he never did? Always had superlative skating through his career up until the past couple of years. What is that? Why is that? It's not like anyone's going to talk about it, but he has never really looked 100% over the last couple of years. As such, and you can see this, there's, there's moving parts. My inclination, and I'm not saying this to be stubborn, because I did bring this up about a month ago, before any of this other stuff developed, meaning Pedersen and Petrie and everything else, to me, Dumoulin would be the one to go. And I say that with great respect for what he's achieved here, two-time Stanley Cup champion, more of a leader than most people will know for both of those teams. A strong, steadying force in the brilliant career of Latang. All of that's great, but if you're not one of the six best defensemen on the team and you're in the last year of a $4 million contract, and your team is over the cap, and and possibly right now you have a better player in Pedersen, you know, why does it have to be Marcus who goes? Why? Think about this. Because this is the guy that it's become known management was trying to move over the summer. And either couldn't find a taker and he's got a hefty salary at four million or just changed their minds or both you know i'd I'd rather see marcus stay i would i would when we come back j1q comes from Ryan, who asks, DK, with many of the core players getting older and perhaps playing on their final contract, do you think it would be a good idea to bring in a more physical guy who makes other teams think twice about taking shots at them the way Ryan Reeves did? You know, you almost had me, Ryan. (laughs) Meaning you, not Ryan Reeves. You almost had me right up until throwing in like Ryan Reeves did. Reeves did not have that impact in Pittsburgh. There was one game at home, and some of you will remember, those of you who really, really lock on to stuff like this, against the Nashville Predators. And the Predators, for whatever reason, were in some kind of epic, feisty mood. And Reeves decided this was going to be his day to play Sheriff. And boy, did he ever do that. 
He took on all comers. He put on a show. PPG Paints Arena was rocking. And when something like that occurs, especially now, as opposed to back when it was common, it's going to resonate. You're going to remember it. And you're going to think, man, Reeves really did his part to take care of Sid and Gino and whoever else here. It just didn't work out that way. The people who were going to take shots at Sid and Gino, including Tom Wilson, were doing it anyway, and they were going to continue doing it. If anything, it was going to be easier than ever to go at them and justify taking some kind of cheap shot, because at least you hurt them. You go to the box, you serve your time, and that's that. You don't have to fight Ryan Reeves. There's no rules that say that. You don't have to go out there and drop your gloves. And a lot of times, believe me, as good a fighter as Wilson is, he wasn't moved to do that. So the Reeves thing, it got overblown, and I'm just going to set that part of your your cue aside here and deal with the rest because I actually happen to agree with that. I feel like the Penguins need to be a generally feistier, more physical team. Now, remembering that we're talking about a head coach here who hates penalties, hates to see his team sit in the box, and B, who has a different definition of physical and feisty than the one that you're bringing up. His view of that, and I'd love to bring up this example just because it's the one that ticks off pretty much everybody when they hear it, was like Dominic Simone and Zach Aston Reese. And go ahead and say what you want about them because obviously not fighters. I mean, ZAR could drop the gloves or whatever. He wasn't all that great at it. Started out great early in his career, not so great at the NHL level, meaning just when it comes to fighting. But when Sullivan talks about physicality, he's talking about whatever it takes to win the puck. He's talking about going into the boards and digging and creating leverage and getting under people's sticks, and then from there doing something intelligent once you gain possession. That's his view of being physical. Well, I would take it to another level, and I'll be really surprised if the Penguins don't do at least some of that this year. There's certainly been enough emphasis on it already in training camp and in the preseason games. We've seen guys dropping the gloves. We've seen guys getting credit for going uh, hard to the net and being a little bit nasty. We saw Nathan Legere in the prospect tournament game up in Buffalo lose his mind against the Boston prospects. And everybody's saying afterward, uh, coaches and assistant coaches, that was awesome. That's what we want to see. Okay, well, you know, everyone can take a hint from that. They want to see their defensemen be tougher in defending the front of their own net. They want to see their forwards have more of a presence in front of the other net. That also involves physicality, but that's, again, that's where you lost me. You're not going to see the return of the enforcer. Even when it comes to Reeves, as much as the legend gets built up and as imposing as he legitimately is whenever he goes into that sheriff mode. Let me ask you this. Did you notice him at all in the final few games? In the playoff round against the Rangers? Anybody notice him in Vegas after that first season? You know, nobody can do that all the time. Nobody wants to do that all the time. He doesn't want to do that 
all the time. So it don't don't put him up on some kind of pedestal that if he comes here, everybody's going to be really afraid of the penguins and not touch Sid or Gino. It's just not the case. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.